Good morning, boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of Blinky's Fun Club. I'm kidding, but my local people will get that one. Welcome to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me, as always, is our marketing director, Jen Weibor. Good morning, Jen. Actually, it's not even morning where you are. It's afternoon where I am. It's (laughs) afternoon where our guest is. You're the only one. So, good morning. I'm the only one. Good morning. All right. And welcome back to the show. I have no idea why we welcomed him back to the show, how that ever (laughs) happened. I don't know. But welcome back to the show. A really cool guest. One of my dearest and closest, Rocky Valor. Hey, Rocky. How are you, man? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, good. So we already talked about your shirt before we uh, uh, I knew it was coming. went live. Yeah, you knew it was coming. We talked about how many turkeys had to die to make that shirt. <laughs> it was uh, something. But apparently this is all the rage, all the fashion in beachwear, in Florida beachwear, which is where you are coming to us from this time, although usually in Detroit, Michigan, or I should say the suburbs thereof. And coincidentally, I am doing our broadcast this week from our house in Surfside Beach, South Carolina. So actually, since the last time you were in Denver, this is probably the closest we've been to each other geographically. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's not close, but certainly closer than Denver to Detroit or uh, Denver to India or uh, of all the places you've traveled in the years that I've known you. Absolutely. So a month in Florida, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool being able to work in an arena that enables us to do this remotely. It's right. also a bit of a curse because you never actually get away from work, which is yeah, it's a double-edged sword, no question. But yeah, let's uh, talk about what you've been up to since the last time you were on the show. I assume you're uh, still running some real estate. We still run a hotel. Uh, no, no. Got out of everything recently. Sold the hotel. Okay. Yep. We're still writing some loans. Writing loans. Uh, got some properties still um, that you know I, I own for the last so many years and investments still going and other properties and things like that yeah so keeps me okay. busy. and still relatively new to fatherhood yeah yeah two and a half years never get used to that one <laughs> uh no but i wasn't gonna warn you no no of course not <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i've been doing that for like a quarter century and yeah. yeah i was not gonna warn you about that that's for each of us to discover on their own Absolutely. Uh, and by the way it never goes off i literally video chatted our oldest uh through her uh our daughter through changing out a broken light switch in her bathroom this week okay <laughs> yeah Cut the breaker. She's terrified she's going to electrocute herself. Cut off the breaker, take off the plate, pull out the switch, switch the wires from the old switch to the new switch. Don't cause any electrical fires, et cetera, et cetera. So it sounds like he needs to adopt Jen's cat. I mean, yeah. 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 (laughs) No, I would say, no, I don't (laughs) want Jen's. Jen's cat is a potential fire hazard. This is true. Yeah. All right. 
For those so, that don't know, my cat bit a live wire and electrocuted herself. So for those that are wondering what the hell we're talking about. And it kind of has an oral wound to prove it. Yeah. Prove She's it. Got and her whiskers are fried, too. For, oh. Like, her whiskers never grew no. back in one spot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she looks like a street cat. Okay, we are so far off <laughs> just the tips uh, subjects here. Rocky, let's talk about the mortgage space. Yep. Let's talk about lead gen in the mortgage space. Since we've had you on the show, and it's been a little while, things have changed in real estate. Things have changed in mortgages. And I think, you know, argue with me if you think I'm wrong, I want to put out there that the changes we've seen are relatively permanent in my mind. I think what we're seeing right now as the face of real estate is the face of real estate. We've built some problems historically, some recently. Um, I don't have to describe this to you, but Americans, you know, we, we have to have our own space. Uh, yeah. We don't do multi-generational living. Obviously, they do in Europe, Asia, Latin America, pretty much everywhere else. Right. The boomers, and I'm not calling out boomer behavior. It's just such a big population living longer, staying in their homes longer. Uh, the millennials and Gen, again, I'm not calling out millennial behavior. It's just that you're an enormous population, the only one bigger than the boomers now, all of homeowning age. And builders don't build at the rate that they used to, literally like 10% of their peak. So I think when we're talking about well, for decades, literally, we talked about the fact that the housing market, what defines a balanced housing market, was a six-month inventory. You should expect it to take you six months to find a house. You should expect it to take you six months to sell your house. And I think that's over. I think we've yeah. changed the face of real estate. And it's literally, you know, like 10%, 20%, depending on the market, of what would have been considered a healthy inventory. So obviously that's going to drive a further supply and demand issue. That's going to continue to drive values up. I don't know what went on in Detroit over the last couple of years or in Michigan the last couple of years, but in recent months, everybody in Colorado received their tax valuation notice. We do that every other year. Mm -hmm. And I would say on average, I probably saw from the period of June 20 to June 22, I think that's the 24 month window they exercised we probably saw an average of a 50% increase in real estate values. Wow. Now, pretty pretty similar in, in Michigan as well. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's probably going to be true for major metropolitan areas in general. The good news is I didn't see that many, and we helped a lot of our clients uh, contest those values. Uh, they're, most of them are still waiting to hear back, and I'm sure that the county assessors here in Colorado are looking at a ridiculous volume of those uh uh, appeals. And I think that uh, the majority are still being underassessed. I think you could sell your property for more than the county is assessing you for, but it's not as far off as it used to be, obviously. Right. And I think that that's okay. I think that the property tax is going up if we're still being a little underassessed is, you know, fair play. It yeah. is what it is. And there will be a lot of adjustment over the next however many months or year it takes for the county assessors to adjust to that. And I'm going to assume that like Denver, like Detroit, the vast majority of major metropolitan areas are experiencing something similar because of the supply and demand problem, mm -hmm. right? Driving prices up. So let's assume that where we are right now is the 
new face of real estate. And let's assume right now, although we know it's not true, that if the economy were healthy, this is probably roughly where mortgage rates should be as well. Maybe a little on the high end, just after what went on with the mortgage-backed securities market and the bond market this past week, although obviously we saw a lot of correction today already. Um, I do still think that rates are going to continue to come down through the course of this year overall and next year or so on and so forth, right? Just a pendulum that swings back and forth. It's just a matter of where you catch it. But let's assume that it is where it should be, that we actually had a healthy economy, so on and so forth. Real estate inventory is what it's going to be. Mortgage rates are what they are going to be. How does the long-term mortgage originator, the long-term real estate agent, people that are treating it like a career and not a job, make adjustments? What are you doing to adjust to what is going on in mortgages and real estate to make sure that Rocky's still working on loans? And that's a great question. So, I mean, for people like you and I and, uh, you know, many other loan originators out there, a lot of our friendship, uh, friend circle, they utilize technology. They stay on top of what's happening in the capital markets, you know, the MBS market, 10 year bond, things like that, just to be able to stay in tune with what's happening on our side of things and how it's going to influence one way or the other. Utilizing technology so that we, you know, can be updated and alerted as soon as there is some type of beneficial pricing, we can reach out to our clientele in the future, things like that. Unfortunately, there's there's a large amount of loan originators that, you know, treated this as, you know, a side hustle, maybe. A job, and not a career. As a job, it's a great way to put it. And, you know, they're not able to, I don't know, sustain this market and, and be able to get through. They really don't see a light at the end of the tunnel and, and obviously that has a lot to do with the mass exodus that we're seeing, right? In both real estate and mortgages, yes. Right, right, absolutely. So uh, there's so many things that we could be doing, uh, even more so than what we're already doing. But I really think staying on top of those uh, relationships, communicating efficiently with our clients, letting them know it's not just a, hey, rates will drop in the next year, let's refinance. I mean, I I'm going to predict the, the winning lottery numbers next week, you know what I mean, if that's the case, um, which I'd much rather do that <laughs> than predict. Can we subscribe to that? Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, no, I haven't played the lottery in years. But my point is, is if you can uh, forecast when rates are going to come down, then you might as well just pick the winning lottery numbers, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's funny. In fact, I don't play it. And I use that a bunch with our clients. I'm like, mm, mm -hmm. I don't gamble with my own money. I'm certainly not going to gamble with yours Absolutely. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I can actually tell you the exact moment that it was because a bunch of us that run in the same circle were in New Orleans for a conference. Mm -hmm. And it was like the first time the Powerball had been, you know, a, a, a billion or whatever it was. Yeah. And we all pulled a few bucks together each and went downstairs to the bodega in the first floor of the hotel and uh, bought lottery tickets. Obviously, we didn't win because we're all still here. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, been five, ten years. I don't know. But yeah, if I know you, you uh, would still be working, by the way. So, yeah. That's, that's true. probably true. <laughs> but either way, for those of you listening not an investment strategy. No, gosh, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what shifts have you seen in 
your business in your legion. And I do want to come back to the technology stuff, but a lot of purchase business, because we've certainly seen a bigger influx of that. Um, surprisingly, we do still see a lot of people refinancing homes there. And uh, credit where credit's due, uh, Barry Habib gave us some great uh, content on the fact that your general debt load blended rate with the Fed screwing with things and credit card rates going up and car loan rates going up on and on could very well be 10, 12, 14% depending on your debt load. And you could refinance that into a consolidation load at five or six or whatever the current mortgage rate is for your particular scenario, right? Um, obviously, purchases are what they are. And, you know, the mortgage-backed securities market's going to dictate a lot of that. Uh, reverse mortgages have been enormous for us. Obviously, the general economy, the inflation, the cost of goods, the cost of services, on and on, a really major stressor for people on a fixed income. And frankly, the more we look at it with people, the more important a piece of a solid retirement plan that becomes. So what does this look like for your operation? Where, where are you seeing the shifts? No, absolutely. I, I not getting as many refinances, but, um, you know, this goes back to what we were just talking about, leveraging technology and relationships and communication and, and, and you know, effectively uh, relaying that info to your clients, letting them know that might be what's best for them to, to refinance, use their equity. And like you said, the blended rate is, is pretty high, right? They might be giving up a 3% interest rate, um, but in the end- Well, it's just be on more. the mortgage. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. But it's uh, worth it. I mean, getting rid of that 24% Amex bill with 50 grand in, in a balance, you know what I mean? So I'm, uh, I'm still not seeing a lot of refinances, but I am- reaching out to a lot of clients, having conversations. Uh, you know, one thing I learned from you, uh, reach out and, and touch someone, talk to somebody every day. You're probably, I know you had to call the cops in that one episode. Yes, absolutely. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, talk to your past clientele, talk to your partners uh, every day, reach out to them and talk to them about what's going on in their life. You just might figure something out on a way how you can help those people. So. Where you can help them, right. I, I can think of at least three or four that I'm working on right now. Cash out, debt consolidation refinances, where these people are still saving 800 to to $1,000 a month. Absolutely. I mean, big numbers. Um, so, yeah, that certainly still exists. Uh, there's no question. Let's, let's circle back to this technology stuff because you obviously... Uh, spend some time working on it. We did miss you at social media day. Although, gosh, Jen, I'm not even really sure it was social media day. It was more like tech day. Uh, yeah, really kind of. It was pretty techy. We working on, yeah. Um, uh, well, and, like, what kind of stuff did you guys like uh, touch on? Well, I think one of the big things that I want to get your take on that Jen gave us a lot of good content on, uh, as did some other people that were involved. A uh, big thank you to uh, Riley Wright Dean, who works with Scott Edwards, the mortgage doc in California. Uh, but AI was a big okay. uh, topic, as you can imagine. Sure. And it, we did talk a lot about BARD and ChatGPT and those kinds of things. But there's so much more to what's going on in AI right now. Canva has AI. 
which is uh, in our coaching program, we use Canva and we teach Canva for uh, the clients that are real estate agents and mortgage originators. And Filmora, which we also teach and run a program on for video editing, has AI. And there's so many other pieces of the AI puzzle than just the ChatGPT, which is wonderful. Um, but I think that there's so much more to it already and so much more that's coming that I rival it to the fact that I think I'm already behind. I'm way ahead of the curve on this stuff, and I think I'm already behind. Kind of like I was with doing good video work a decade ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. And it literally took, um, I don't know, a couple of years maybe of uh, Frank Gray and Brian Stevens pushing me and then harassing my wife and my friends and everybody else to push me into doing video work. Yeah. And boy, wouldn't you know it, we've done a weekly video blog for what's probably coming on or exceeded 13 years. We've been doing this. Um, I mean, this is obviously the precursor to the podcast, but this video cast for six or seven years, so on and so forth. And while I was ahead of the curve, I was behind the times. And right. I think that's what we're witnessing with a lot of mortgage people and a lot of real estate people when it comes to AI right now as well. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. AI is uh it's a scary situation. Part of me is conflicted. Part of me feels like, you know, we're, we're handing an Uzi to Genghis Khan, you know, like uh, we're going to feel the, the rap later on, you know, could be, uh, well, of course it will be. Yeah. yeah. Well, but humans are funky that way, right? We don't believe something could happen until it's actually happening. Correct. So yeah. yeah handing the keys to the kingdom over to the computers. Come on. We've all seen Terminator. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, the machines become self-aware, or iRobot, or uh, surrogates, or all kinds of movies that you know have kind of led us down the path of uh, you know imaginary path of where we're actually heading. But yeah. tell us what you're doing in the space. You know, I'm I'm definitely trying to stay on top of the AI um, stuff. Uh, you know, researching every day. I, I made sure to get early access to as many things as I could. Um, it's it's tough. It's almost like another full time job trying to yeah. stay on top of the changes daily, um, and then it's another full time job trying to effectively inject them into your daily business, right? And your business right. plan. It's it's really really tough. Um, but yeah, no. Every every day I make sure to set some time out aside uh, to stay on top of what's happening in in the tech field. Um, you know, staying on top of my CRM. Uh, I'll, you know, a large thank you goes to you for using uh, all your technology effectively on a daily basis. And you're religious about it. Uh, that changed my whole outlook on things. I, I think it started on uh, when I came out to see you guys in Denver and seeing that beautiful mind whiteboard that was like, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, What's That's happening? A good example. Yeah, yeah. The, the the actual marker boards, because uh, bear in mind now the term whiteboard really does refer to uh, a, techno, uh, a technology uh, right. piece of uh, technology. But yeah, uh, being, well, pretty much everything we do, and uh, I've got some work uh, coming out, a book coming out this summer, later this summer on this subject, but everything we do, we focus on what I've been referring to as the four keys. Consistency, constancy, authenticity, and transparency. So that consistent, constant uh, piece of that puzzle, yeah, absolutely. Um, no question. But 
I think when it comes to where this is going to benefit us, at least until we hand the keys to the kingdom over and the, uh, what is the, uh, uh, you know, the computer becomes self-aware Skynet as the term I'm looking for there until Skynet becomes self-aware. I think there's a big gap, a chasm between today and that day where we can really be putting a lot of this to good work. And yeah, if I were going to defer to anybody's expertise about it, it would be Jen. I mean, Jen, if, you know, we were going to put, you know, a few ideas, a few pieces, a few apps, I guess, out there for our audience, for the real estate people, for the mortgage people, and obviously for the other people that are doing direct-to-consumer type of work with, you know, large ticket items, financial planners, insurance agents, Ferrari salespeople, whatever. Um, what would you tell them? What would you advise them today? I mean, I think you have to keep it simple. The fear aspect is those that are trying to work against AI instead of embracing how we can work with it, which is a lot of what we talked about at Social Media Day, right? It's not going anywhere, right? Just like the people that are still scared of video because they're still scared of what they look like and they sound like on video, which blows all of our minds. But That's it's how not going you sound anywhere. and look in person. So, I mean, I think one of the biggest things we talked about at Social Media Day um, that I'm really using is Canva's ability, and there's a million sites out there, but Canva's ability to create AI graphics. Uh, because one of my biggest pet peeves in real estate social media is the purple house that the everyone uses. House. I you know that was coming. Houses, I will send it to you. Oh, when yeah. I go into Canva. Everybody knows the purple house. Stupid purple house. Um, you can go into Canva. There's a built-in app where you can type in the picture you're looking for. So like I do the social media for a recovery center in Maine and their logo is a sunflower. So for the 4th of July, I asked Canva's AI to create me a graphic of a sunflower field with fireworks above it. And it created a beautiful graphic that I just posted to their social. One, I didn't have to create anything. Two, I didn't have to buy anything. The stock images don't have to really be a thing anymore. You don't have to go buy all these rights to stock images. Um, And then the biggest piece is algorithm-wise, that image has never been used anywhere else. So when Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever, when their little robots are scanning my posts, they're not seeing that that's been used anywhere else. So that's helping my clients add drink. That's helping more eyes get on posts. So it's, and it took me, 30 seconds to do it. So I think that's one of the most important things that we're kind of glossing over here is that the ability to do some of the same work with the support of AI, whether it's copy, whether it's graphics, whatever the case may be, really enables us to be as lazy as all of you assholes that are using the purple house without actually showing us that you're so lazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go to ChatGPT and have it write the caption for you and read it over and edit it because I don't, I mean, a great example is our slide broadcast that went out last week that we got at least two screenshots of the transcription where it thought Adam said something very different than it actually said. Oh, yeah. That's why I have faith faith that it's going to be a while before AI can take over from content creators and writers because there's just that emotional human aspect that robots, I don't, it's going to be, I'm going to say, I'm never going to say never, but it's going to be a while before they can 
have that relationship emotional aspect as if a human went in and edited it. Yeah. So you go into Canva, create your graphic, use Bard or ChatGPT to write, to write the caption, and you have an actual unique post instead of, you know, I love all the loan officers out there. I love you all dearly, but you all share the same shit with the same copy within 20 minutes of each other. Yeah. With I a lot of the same audience. Right. And you're all liking each other's posts and killing. Right. Like, <laughs> so I really think there's simple, I mean, Canva Pro costs $109 a year or something like that. So practically free ways to use AI just in your social media. I mean, you could get into having it write you a pre-approval letter that isn't boring. Yeah. Uh, see, now that I've worked on. Um, and I've worked with both ChatGPT and Bard. And this was actually what led me to a really different understanding of what AI is doing and where it can benefit us is that it's a very garbage in, garbage out kind of system right now because it only, computers are dumb. They only know what we teach them. Right. It's not actually self-learning yet. Okay. So taking that into account, I can go into ChatGPT. I can go into Bard and say, write me a pre-approval letter. I can even get so specific as to write me a pre-approval letter for this amount, this down payment, this interest rate. Not that we put that content into uh, pre-approval letters, not in Colorado anyway. There may be places where they do. And I, it's horrible. What I get back is horrible. But when I'm really giving AI good information, I'm a 25-year mortgage veteran. I am a wholesale broker. I've owned my own brokerage for a couple of decades. I'm x i'm y i'm z then i'm getting xyz back out instead of garbage so i think that's also true when we're talking about what canva's doing what phil moore is doing what the other ai pieces in the global network are giving us is that we're still in a very garbage in garbage out type of environment so if you're going to use it if you're going to use canva if you're going to use bard if you're going to use phil Mora and their ai platforms Make sure you're giving it good information if you want to get good results. Yeah. And I think that's a big piece of the puzzle. Yep. See, and, the, and all these tips that you guys are giving are a testament to, to what you guys do. Um, I think a lot of people just think coaching is uh, accountability. You know, like somebody <laughs> chasing after you with a stick and did you make your calls today? It's like that's not what it's about, <laughs> and we kind of want to chase our clients with a stick now, Adam. I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> actually, it's our clients that we want to beat with a stick, right? But yeah, and I think that that's an important piece of the puzzle that we really never talk about publicly is that yeah. we are not accountability partners, right? Do the work, don't do the work, totally up to you. You're paying for it, I would recommend right. you do it. Absolutely. But yeah, what we are giving our clients, which is very different than a lot of other platforms is. Which I love. Yeah. Yeah. I know you do. Now you've come back to Denver for the Mile High Mastermind this fall. This is right. No excuses this time. Oh, he's used to flying. Uh, Taksha is is good now. So. All right. Yeah. Taksha's a world traveler. Right. Literally. He's got a passport and everything. Absolutely. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> that way he can be next on the list for randomly selected for additional screening. No, oh, he's lights. He's, he's, yeah, exactly. At the TSA security theater. Oh, yeah. He's a light traveler, but soon enough he'll, he will be selected one of these days. And 
No doubt. Yeah, Asher's eight. He got a random screening for the the swabs on his hands when we came out. Oh, did it? Yeah. Ago. Yeah. He was like, "Dad, what is this? Why is this happening?" <laughs> and and someday I'll tell you the story of how I had dinner next to a guy at the Denver International Airport already through security, where he whipped out a giant pocket knife to cut his steak with. What? While the restaurant gave me a butter knife because I'm already through security. Yeah. He had, he had a huge knife on him. Didn't get picked up by TSA. Neither here nor there. <clears throat> Security theater. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, Jen, I see that we are... I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I see that we are uh, running short on time. But that's always going to be the case when we start chatting with Rocky. Because it's Rocky. It's true. So, yeah. But thank you, Rocky. I know that uh, it's a big deal to carve out this kind of time on a Monday morning, and especially while you're on vacation, like any of us ever actually have that. Yeah. Um, right. Same for me. <laughs> Sitting here on vacation. Working. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's okay. So thank you for doing it. We'll absolutely get you booked for a, another episode down the road here. And hopefully we will see you in September. Absolutely. All right. Jen, why don't you tell everybody about September and all things JTT these days? All right, guys. Tickets are on sale on sale for the seventh annual Mile High Mastermind, which I can't believe it's the seventh. Uh, right here in Denver, September 29th and 30th. We kind of partnered with the University of Denver for this one. Uh, they provide we have a beautiful space there every year. Uh, we will be talking AI. We're going to have a whole panel about AI. So we'll deep dive into that some more. We will hopefully have Scott Edwards come talk about his events that he does that strengthen his referral relationships. And That's an understatement. Like, yeah, he's his events are incredible. Um, I have a LinkedIn speaker already lined up. I have a team culture speaker lined up. It's two full days. Uh, but on top of all the content, it's just really badass people that you want to be in the same room us so september 29th and 30th tickets are on sale now if you want a link for that if you want episodes of the podcast link to the podcast on amazon spotify and apple basically all the things get a copy of adam's book you can text tips to 63566 and it will get you all that stuff i was thinking i'd reach behind me and find it but but i'm at the wrong house but when you know i do have I know. a copy of my book there's even a really cheesy old picture of me on it Cool. And I'm, I'm well, not thanks, just because uh, Adam's my family, but get that book. It's amazing. <sighs> There's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. An Indian Although, a book? What's happening here? I, I've got to be honest. I'm working on another one now. Okay. And I think because of the AI stuff we're talking about, it's probably the last book I will actually write. Well, that's a must-have too. I love to read, man. No, your your book was uh, fantastic. I can only assume the next one's going to be amazing. So, we'll see. <laughs> All right, Jen, take us out for the rest of you, Rocky. Thank you for doing this. Thank for guys, the rest yeah. of you, you uh, can catch us live on Monday mornings at ten thirty Mountain Time. Most weeks, we uh, took the last couple off, but here we are back with a vengeance. Um, and, uh, yeah, subsequent to that, a few days later, you can catch us on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon podcasts. And other than that, we will see all of you next week. Rocky, thank you again. Nothing but love. Nothing but love, guys. Uh, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>